0: Excuse me, but are you loving this podcast? If you are, you can support the show through the 8 supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. All you have to do is hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hold up.
0: We would like to start off our show by acknowledging the Yugambeh people, the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We would like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Excuse me, I have something to say. This is the podcast where we have real and open conversations with everyday people, professionals, and public figures who all have something to say. I'm your host, Sean Phillip Mailer, and you can join me every fortnight as we dig a little bit deeper into our shared human experience. You can join in on our conversations by heading over to the show's official pages and sending me a DM. You can share with me your own experiences, opinions, and feedback on the show over on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at, excuse me, underscore pod. You can find us on Facebook if you search, excuse me, I have something to say, or through our official website, excuse me, I have something to say.com. And don't forget that you can rate and leave a review of the show, which is going to help our conversations reach a wider audience. And remember to share, like, and subscribe so that you never have to miss a show. Hello, you lovely lot. I hope that you have all been keeping well and staying out of trouble. Thanks for stopping by the show once again this week. Hello and welcome to all of our new listeners. And hello and welcome back to all of you regular listeners. As we wrap up Global Pride Month this week, we are delving into the history of drag. Drag has been around since the dawn of time, sort of. Well, it's been around for as long as we've been constructing rules and boundaries around different genders and their expressions and people have wanted to step outside the box. So it's definitely been around for a minute or two. Drag kings and queens have a long, rich history of And it hasn't always been easy for our brothers and sisters to live in the spotlight where they belong. From ancient Egyptian icons to RuPaul's Drag Race, we are leaving no chin whisker uncovered this week as we untuck the history of drag. Today's guest is a familiar one and I'm so happy that she's back. She is the epitome of class, style and substance. She has a mouth like a sailor and she can drink like one too. She is a fabulous queen with a heart of gold that sits delicately underneath a set of twin peaks that perch high enough to make even Donald Trump blush. Ladies and gentlemen, non-gender conforming individuals and every other beautiful unicorn I may have missed, please welcome back to the show, the one and only Miss Maya Crawphone. Hey girl, how are
2: you? Oh my God, that has to be hands down the best introduction of me I've ever (laughs) heard.
0: Feel free to use it at all of your
2: shows. Oh my God, that is that is amazing (laughs) oh I'm good how are you
0: I am good I'm glad that you liked your introduction now tell me (laughs) what's been been going on between drinks it has last time you were on the show it was back sort of mid to the end of season one and you were just about to get back out And about and start performing again after the, you know, shitstorm that has been the pandemic.
2: Was that end of 2020? Yes. So I was blonde and had smaller tits and was fatter.
0: (laughs) We all were. You just described all of us. COVID. everyone was blonde no well, you know, home bleaching
2: <laughs> everyone was fatter because of home, home- quarantine <laughs> yes A- and everyone had smaller tits because the surgeons were closed um
3: <laughs> we uh, what have I been
2: up- oh absolutely what have i been up to so i've been working quite regularly now my gigs have picked back up so i've been doing regular trivia gigs back at fat freddy's every tuesday every second wednesday at nami down in burley and picking up more and more other random gigs throughout the week. So drag is back full force, I'd like to say.
0: So glad that you're back performing. And in the interim that has been since you were on the show, we came yes. to see you at when Narni, you came to trivia. amazing. And we were robbed for the trivia title. We should have won.
2: A night I don't remember. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I was drinking heavily that night. Uh, um,
0: yeah, I'm pretty sure you
2: were. Was it a theme trivia or was it just general knowledge?
0: It was... 90s.
2: Oh, that night. Oh, yeah. No. I was drinking heavily that night. Oof. Um, apologies. That's okay. She loves it, Beveragino.
0: She does. So, Maya, today I've invited you onto the show to join me for a trip down memory lane as we rediscover the history of drag. Now, before we get started, a little disclaimer. Oi because we have to protect our pretty little behinds from all the trolls and the bots and any individuals out there who wants to fact check us. Contrary guys to how we look and present, we are not historians. Neither of us have studied the history of drag and they don't even teach it in school. So don't come at us. We've put the hard work in here so that you guys don't have to. And by hard work, I mean, we Googled and googled until we couldn't google anymore uh any articles blogs and pages used in the research for this episode will be linked into the show notes for all of you right at the bottom all the way down right under our social accounts because these bitches need more followers so please follow us now as we untuck the history of drag
2: i mean i'm hard right now but it's (laughs) very firmly against my body <laughs> i am still sitting here in full drag so for strange. anyone that's listening to us i am sitting here gorgeous pink hair necklace that's inspired by mariah some gorgeous earrings uh, full cotton knit dress from cotton on i've even got heels still on i've got pads i'm tucked i've got my tits in and full glamorize
0: yeah she looks amazing guys so if you <laughs> are listening to the podcast listen and then do yourselves an even bigger favor and head on over to the youtube where you can see our beautiful faces uh, as we discuss the history of drag and don't forget to and then like you can head on to,
2: drag- i was just gonna say then you can head over to our only fans where you see the rest of the drag <laughs>
0: Okay, so... Uh,
2: so what are we discussing today?
0: Uh, we're diving <laughs> right back to the history of drag. So let's uh, let's just jump straight in. Drag as we know it today is a fabulous world of rainbows, big hair, bigger personalities, more makeup than you can throw a Kardashian at, but it hasn't always been that way. So to truly understand the origins of our drag favorites, like reigning queen supreme, controversial miss rupaul then we need to be looking at queer and racial context so this is so
2: serious i do love that you're like describing drag being like big hair extravagant makeup and here's me sitting here with some lightly curled human hair in like just a whiff of makeup
0: (laughs) but I mean that's kind of the point Uh, there are many different styles and forms to drag and you obviously take the uh more femme route as opposed to the sort of more boisterous bigger bigger you know like the Trixie Mattels of the world
2: well I mean that's the joyous thing of drag is there is no right or wrong way to do drag
0: I really what, wish I knew a really bad rephrase. drag queen. Oh, you
2: did! Come on. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Mm. I could name a few, and I'm not going to for the sake of diplomacy. Um, no, but there's no there's no wrong way to do drag, but there is a wrong thing to do in drag, and that is not know your words. Like if you don't know your words, then horrible, especially if you're a performing queen, and not be personable. And by personable, I mean engage with people, interact with people, be approachable, be fun, be friendly. If you can't be those, if you can't do those two things, then drag is not for you. I really thought then you were the only two would be. be
0: like, you can't be going down the cultural
2: appropriation <laughs> route. Oh, well that as well. Yeah. yeah but I nice. thought that was without saying. Well, you know like what? That's, it that's turns out a... some people need to hear it. Oh God, are we going into that? Oh, this could get us canceled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I already got canceled on Instagram today. They took down a post of mine from my body positive uh, episode. I did on the last episode of the show they took down the post because it was promoting sexual activity and it was just my glorious friend covering their rather large breasts with their hands. No nipples were in sight. And Instagram said, you are wrong. Your body is wrong. Off you go. Yep.
2: Female hundred percent. Whereas my, my full bare ass and chest and my hand is just barely covering my dick. That photo is still up in large on Instagram and nothing. And so, where can
0: people find that? What, Should they want to follow you now?
2: <laughs> Nothing like a fa- no, I don't have an OnlyFans. I mean, you can follow me on Instagram at, at @myacrophone, spelled M Y A C R A F O N E. Don't spell it with P H because V-H spells crap phone. Um, <laughs> at myacrophone on Instagram. So discussing drag, history of drag, glorious drag. I do love drag. You think drag? <laughs> don't be such to drag. By the way, so I'm probably talking like I'm had a few and I really haven't. I'm just enjoying a glass of wine right now, but I'm just excited to be doing this again. I've missed doing this. I enjoyed talking about shit and especially talking about shit with you.
0: I know it's so much fun and that like when we went for dinner with Amy, Amy Lucivera, guys who's been on the show a few times That's that's the show that will never be made that needs to be made like the conversations around that dinner table
2: Those conversations were by far the most amazing most traumatizing and the most healing that I think the three of us needed to have
0: 100% but that's not why we're here today so let's get
2: back into No sorry drag (laughs) drag 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 all right so if
0: we go all the way back we're going back to ancient egypt it's like a proper history lesson here kids provided the research i did is accurate if it's not as (coughs) is it not a historian that's okay go um we've all got the rhino these days so back in ancient (laughs) egypt
2: can't say that
0: Oh, well, I just did. Cancel me, Karen. All right. So in ancient Egypt, there are coins, relics and artifacts that show the one and only Miss Cleopatra dressed as a male pharaoh. And she's wearing the male double crown, which historians believe that this... Uh, form of cross-dressing was used for the queens to assert their power and in turn claim their thrones. Because, you know, women shouldn't be allowed to rule according to a lot of men.
2: The funny thing is, so she was not actually the first. Again, we're not historians, so I'm just basing on a here, but I'm pretty sure, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I like that, historians. I'm pretty sure Queen Hephaestus was actually the first before Cleopatra. And while she was ruling, she constantly wore the fake beard because at that time, queen-like females were not allowed to be the ruler of the kingdom of Egypt. So that was the very first experience of what we call now drag king. So female, what do they call it? AFAB, sorry. So what we now call AFAB, so assigned female at birth. So that was the first instance of AFAB women presenting in a male manner, so drag king, to be taken more seriously because females were not allowed to rule now gay men were even worse because they were made eunuchs so everything was chopped off and they were then classed as feminine so they used to have their hair to grown out and do their hair with over-the-top makeup so your coal eyes and yet the coal is like a really really dark black liner um that's where we get the black eyeliner from is the coal from the egyptians oh. um and the over the top extravagant eye makeup and they were eunuchs and they were the servants to the royalty because as far as they were concerned back in the ancient times gay men were considered less than so they were forced to be female presenting oh there we go wow did not know this
0: there's also just on a side do you want to know go on
2: i was just gonna say do you know how i learned all that from reading a book
0: (gasps) um Never underestimate so, the power of books, kids.
2: So it was actually through, I want to say it was a John Grisham novel called oh, River God. The kind of what tri- I thought you
0: were going for.
2: No, 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 no. It was actually a trilogy of books. It was all about ancient Egypt and it was like a warlock it was a eunuch who, yeah, used to constantly get treated less than... Because, yeah, anyway, so I learned all about that sort of culture by that. Wow, anyway,
0: that's sorry. really cool. On a side note, there is a new TV show out. I think there's three episodes out and I've only watched the first one and they do touch on Ancient Greece. And it's quite informative and good, especially because Pride Month, it is called The Book of Queer. It's American and it's got people reenacting Ooh. queer history that was... Uh, straight washed out of the history pages like abraham lincoln and people like that so definitely worth a watch really good
2: lincoln was definitely queer
0: oh a hundred percent if you don't like that middle america
2: you can come at us so many middle america no let's let's be real middle america is more concerned about banning drag queens than they are about banning guns and listening to us talk about lincoln being a homo and that's tea Mm -hmm.
0: and this is why middle america
2: actually that's sort your shit out that's definitely something that we once we get to that era we can definitely start talking about but the whole religious america and their ban on drag queens at the moment especially around kids when they should be mm, it's going to go off on a tangent here we did that last time i kept going (laughs) off on a tangent
0: we did this is going to be a three-part special maybe a four-part special by the end (laughs) (laughs) so we do have a lot of ground to cover season
2: season (laughs) season four is just maya ranting
0: (laughs) i mean i tune in in fact you know i'll produce that shit let's get it done okay Uh, a lot of ground to cover so we best move on so going from ancient egypt to ancient greece in ancient greece we witnessed the birth of the early theater scene where female roles were performed by men because women were classed as inferior and were deemed unfit for the stage playwrights such as plato were worried about the uh, damaging effects of male actors degrading themselves by representing female characteristics and emotions on stage. Anything you want to add here, Maya?
2: Well, I was just about to talk about the Plato thing, about how Ah. back then they deemed that while women were not allowed to be on stage and were not allowed to present, and they had obviously men dressed as females presenting the female characters, but how they saw it as degrading and demeaning to present as female. So I hate to bring up, I mean, she's probably around this age, so it's fine, but Madonna... um, Ancient Grace. Don't come, don't come for me, old queers that are all Madonna stands. But one of the best quotes ever from Madonna is, "It's okay to look like a boy, but you think that looking like a girl is degrading." I so like girls can wear jeans, cut their hair short, etc., but boys can't dress like a girl.
0: Love that you bring this up purely for selfish reasons, and that is created what? A, I, what? What? Selfish me? No, I created a playlist on Spotify. It's my Pride playlist. You can find it on Spotify if you search for Sean Phillip. And I put this Madonna. Song song in because I remember when it came out, like what it feels like for a girl Yeah yep. And I love I thought it was such a good song mm-hmm.
2: My very first drag number I ever performed to Not the whole song just the first like little snippet Was like my introduction to my number So the whole like you think like being a girl is degrading You'd love to know what it feels like What it feels like to be a girl Was the how my first ever number in drag started Because of that oh, Because at the time that. I was very much of the mindset of Drag was not degrading But I was like drag is not masculine enough etc mm. Um, But what we talked about Ancient Greece Yeah ancient greece it's funny though because the ancient greeks they didn't deem homosexuality as a bad thing they deemed femininity as a bad thing because back then the way that they would test your strength especially in the greek military was to see you take the largest cock Dick. of the soldiers and take it without wincing or without struggling or anything like that and that was a test of your strength we are so we, 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 we are strong girlfriend way- cheers to that Give me a big, mostly hairy, uncut greet any day. But that was a test of your strength back then, was in the military. It was how well you could take it. But showing any sign of femininity was a sign of weakness. So drag was not in the forefront back then because any sort of femininity, any sort of feminine presenting was seen as less than and even less than an actual woman wow so yeah drag was drag was not not prevalent back then while it was used in the in the shows etc it was not not widely sought after right so
0: jumping ahead a little bit to the middle ages in europe the good old christian church Mm-hmm. Continued the tradition of banning women on stage, uh, leaving it up to the men folk to perform all of the most fabulous female roles. Even when Western theatres started to move away from religion, women were still banned from the stage. So that's the Middle Ages in Europe. I mean, troublesome times.
2: Are we surprised? No, Christianity and religion oppressing people. Shock, horror, Ugh. religion oppression. Oh my god, what a surprise. But yeah, back then it was still deemed as less than to dress as a girl because they were like, no, masculinity is the be-all. It's, look, we experience it these days and it's been rooted in society ever since the, in the Egyptians, toxic masculinity. Masculine is the be-all and end-all and you show any form of femininity and you're less than, which is bullshit because, I mean, we're feminine, we're amazing. And,
0: you know, why can't you play around on that spectrum? And be strong and incredible in any area on that little
2: line. In the words of the iconic season nine winner of Drag Race, and I know we're gonna to get to Drag Race eventually, in the words of the season nine iconic winning Sasha Valore, gender is a construct, tear it apart.
0: Here, here. Right. Now, pack your bags, guys. We are going to 17th century Japan, where the art form known as, and I'm gonna get this wrong, Kabuki became popular. Kabuki. <laughs> Featured female impersonators showcasing intricate makeup, feminine movements, and falsetto voices.
2: So Kabuki is still practiced to this day. Tell me more. Still practiced by males in Japan. Again, going back to Drag Race, which we'll get to eventually so season six contestant and all stars four contestant gia Gun, expressed how she was trained in the art of kabuki because she's japanese descent showcase that talent on all stars four kabuki is still widely practiced to this day and in japan surprisingly it's one of the only cultures where it was deemed acceptable to be a kabuki performer not deemed as less than like being able to be a kabuki performer and showcase that was seen as an art form and a skill which to this day drag is now but back then while japan was having kabuki performance and amazing high quality performers the rest of the world was still segregating us and diminishing us etc so japan has been one of the forefronts for that not saying they're the best when it comes to obviously their treatment of the lgbt community etc these days But at least they're more accepting of the art form that is drag.
0: This, the time 17th century, while this was all going on, this was also around the time that Shakespeare was getting his fame game on and becoming more well-known. And it was also around the time of some of his more iconic female characters like Juliet. And Lady Macbeth were represented on stage and they were portrayed by men as well. So like you were saying, you know, although in Japan they were embracing the art form of kabuki, in the European world, we were still, the Western world, we were still sort of going, nah, women, no, guys can do that.
2: This is where the term drag actually comes from.
0: Yes, this the is the
2: term drag used to be an acronym as dressed as a girl, and it was uh-huh. all from the Shakespearean plays. So the term drag was coined from Shakespearean plays, from where they would have the male actors dressed as a girl to present the female roles, which again if you watch the classic 90s movie Shakespeare in Love it goes into all of this um, about how females were not allowed on stage it was taboo men were supposed to play the role because females were deemed as less than um, so men playing a feminine role was deemed higher than an actual female which we don't agree with these days mm-hmm. I'm all about feminine praise. but yeah so the term drag came from that because back then every every major female role of a Shakespearean play was always presented by a male apparently it was just deemed as more believable because <laughs> females could not express the range of emotions needed on the stage how's legit. funny that mm. because I know a lot of men that cannot express emotion a lot of men mm-hmm. a lot of men one more cheap in in all the back. states of undress <laughs> A lot of men that cannot show emotion. See,
0: I thought, and I like, obviously I say we use the word research quite loosely around here. I thought that the drag came from the dragging of the dresses. No. See, this is what I've always been led to believe. And then when I was looking at this article, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what I know. So already now I'm feeling like people are really going to come at me (laughs) because getting all the things wrong. Well,
2: no, because... But this is the thing, the term drag could come from literally anything from that era. It's around the Shakespearean era that the term drag was coined, regardless. But from what I've always known, it was the term dressed as a girl but the term dragging of the dresses yes that could be very much how they started it being like oh drag because they're dragging although dragging a dress does seem very very loosely like i mean you're dragging a dress across the book
0: you're not going to do it to a stella mccartney number right is she is she still relevant as a designer no i'm nearly 40
2: (laughs) i i stella mccartney isn't stella mccartney items like in target these days i don't know i don't shop at target i would i would say more like I a, like a you wouldn't you wouldn't drag a Vera Wang gown across the floor
0: okay you can have it Vera
2: you know who Vera Wang is don't you of course I do I'm a
0: homosexual <laughs>
2: Oh my God, I would love to get married in a Vera Wang gown, but <laughs> I let you, me tell you, you would, you what would I never drag in. a Vera Wang gown. No, I saw, I, I said, I saw, and just the look on your face, you're like, did you? <laughs> did it's I photos. send, did you, wasn't send there. you that invite? <laughs> I wasn't invited.
0: We were tight on numbers. Did I send you the web invite? Did you, did you do the live stream?
2: No, no, I just, just saw the photos that Benny posted afterwards. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: Okay. Anyway, no, that's <laughs> not what,
2: anyway, regardless back to, back to drag. Yeah. Anyway, dragging gowns across the floor. I could see why that would be possibly linked to the term, but dressed as a girl is essentially how they were coining the male performers that were presenting as the female roles because they wouldn't allow females on stage.
0: I like that better than the dragging of the dresses. I feel like. Well, that's yeah, because a, yeah. a dress should
2: never be dragged. I mean, right. I've seen a lot of drag queens trash their outfits and costumes. Like I've been in a lot of back rooms and the way that those costumes are left on the floor. Oh, and I mean, I'm guilty of that as well. You get drunk after doing a 2 a.m. performance. You just take your outfit off and throw it in the corner. <laughs> or getting home and taking everything off and just leaving it in a pile at the foot of your bed. All right,
0: guys. So.
3: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you
1: In the
0: 20s, drag moved from ensemble performances uh, on stage to solo performances known as vaudeville. It was a mixture of female impersonation, music, comedy, dance and burlesque to create a form of offbeat live entertainment. It was through vaudeville that the very first well-known drag queen came to exist, uh, Julian L. Tinge, i believe who even surpassed charlie chaplin to become the highest paid actor in the world at the time L. Tinge fought against the homosexual panic by removing his wig to reveal his gender to the crowd as to not fool audience members this led to the famous pansy craze
2: sorry i just i got distracted because <laughs> i just read your sign behind you that says a cock oh, in a property. I was on supposed to ask you, is this too much? <laughs> <laughs> is it funny or Not is it enough. too much? <laughs> That's hilarious. I this do appreciate hilarious. the Priscilla reference.
0: Yes, thank you. Um, is a which obviously reference.
2: we'll which obvious which obviously we'll get to as yeah, so we're getting in through the eras. We'll get to Priscilla. But I appreciate the Priscilla reference. Um, okay, so Vaudeville. I didn't, if I'm completely honest, I didn't do much research on vaudeville because I forgot about this era. <laughs> it was a long Um, time ago but no vaudeville era many performers performing the art of burlesque in that i would say so look guys it happened i I probably (laughs) i mean sure i'll put up some pictures to
0: go along with the this part of the conversation on the youtube
2: i'm I'm expecting someone that looks like a cross between groucho marx and who's the lesbian marlene dietrich um. Oh, okay. Actually, no, there we go. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she was that era, but Melina Dietrich first like another drag king because she was a lesbian woman that presented as a man on stage because she that way then she was taken more seriously. Again, if anyone knows that she's not this era, please politely let us know that this is the wrong era. She's not that era. I feel like she's probably around that board bill era, Melina Dietrich. Yeah, lesbian presenting as a man, drag king.
0: Love it. Okay, so obviously we're not too well versed on this this <laughs> this challenge chapter of history so we're going that to the era. United States we're going to the prohibition era in the U.S. which abolished alcohol production and consumption from 1920 to 1933 gay men use the underground clubs and speakeasies as an opportunity to express and enjoy themselves away from the eyes of the law gay men and women felt free to be themselves in the underground scenes now i do have a lot of sub points to this <laughs> there she is Uh, So I'm going to keep going. Alcohol would bring people together, but Prohibition gathered them in new combinations. As people would search for newly illegal alcohol, black and white, gay and lesbian life came into contact with each other and with dominant society. And for a while, the dominant society was pretty much here for the queer scene. Drag was huge in New York at places like Madison Square Gardens, Greenwich Village, and most notably in Harlem where the Hamilton Ball Lodge would draw crowds of thousands who would come to see the drag queens. Oh, my God, I've got so much more. There were even drag kings. <laughs>
2: <coughs> Sorry, guys. Look, I just want to say, firstly, firstly, I apologise for that burp. I, you yeah. know. I could feel you that feel, coming. You did want on one on the last one.
0: I feel like it's your, it's, it's like your tagline. Was Maya ever no, really but like, unless she did this?
2: I, I could feel it coming and I was like, I no, stop, 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 stop. And then I couldn't stop it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on top of that like okay so the prohibition era i believe this is when stonewall became a thing um hold on let me refer to my notes so
0: um,
2: <laughs> i do remember you were set, i do remember you sent me this thing it was a big chunk oh my god it was um, like, like, like the mafia pages like the mafia and stonewall like they bought stonewall for the gays etc
0: now you're just like stepping on my coattails hon yeah no stonewall's a little further down but <laughs> keep going oh. this pod's taken it. not that isn't that
2: isn't that the same era right. it's, it's the same, prohibition it's the same era, the city
0: same. new york oh okay in part let's three. rewind okay so we're talking we're talking yep. like speakeasies underground get-togethers there was drag kings became a thing one of the most prominent back when- being bisexual gladys fatso bentley who was known for playing yep. the piano and singing explicit songs whilst wearing a white tux and a top hat and i am here for that
2: i could see you wearing that no, but I can I can see you sitting there at a piano wearing a white tux and a top hat. All I would be doing um, is sitting
0: there. I can't play the fucker.
2: That's why you get one of the automatic play ones. Um, <laughs> spoken like a true drag queen. Yeah, absolutely. All about the art of illusion. Make people think you're doing something to it you're not. So from what I can remember, from what I researched about, <laughs> <laughs> researched about the Prohibition era, so while drag was still somewhat celebrated not hugely celebrated but while it was still somewhat accepted it was, it was still celebrated not seen in the underground. as yes yes Yes. You could not publicly outside in the daylight oh, no. talk about being a drag king or a drag performer because I believe back then and then even continuing from that era, from the prohibition era, right up until at very least the 80s. So we're going quite a big chunk of time there. For The longest time in America, you could never be seen outside wearing less than two or three articles of clothing from your assigned gender at birth so really? for example if you're a drag yeah so if you're a drag performer you couldn't be walking like me walking down the street right now I could walk down the street right now and be perfectly fine mm. but back then I could not walk down the street unless I was wearing three articles of clothing that were assigned as male articles of clothing
0: so bad shoes bad ill-fitting pants and a bad jacket
2: I mean I wear that at the moment <laughs> um Not right now, but I have been known to wear an ill-fitting jacket and some bad shoes. I
0: don't believe this of you. How
2: dare you? She's not always glamorous. But yeah, so (laughs) the Prohibition era was still not as celebrated as what we have now. We're slowly getting there. It's more accepted in the underground. People love seeing it as they go out because, you know, oh, let's go to this new underground club. They've got an amazing performer. Turns out it's actually a woman as a man or it's a man as a woman. So we're celebrated underground, but not to the light. We're treated as those underground mole people.
0: (laughs) Did you really say mole people? Okay, we're running with that. So New York City banned female impersonation uh, and with radio and movies growing in popularity, it was the end for vaudeville. The backlash against the queer community became even more prominent after the end of World War II as a more family-oriented and heteronormative culture-intensified and it was the 50s, um, which was the age of conformity when we saw the creation of homophile movement. This was when white and middle class members of the gay community distanced themselves from drag queens and transgender people in an attempt to assimilate into mainstream society. Why would you do that? Who wants to be mainstream?
2: Boo his boo. Do his boo. It's funny, though, because they all try and distance themselves from us being that, oh, you know what, we're seen as... So from back then, all the way up to even now in 2022, we're still seen in some people's eyes as freaks. And I'm not a freak. I look fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, I walk I walk into a room and people just think that's a six foot six, sometimes dressed slutterly woman until I start talking and they go, oh, that's not a woman. But even back then, like, distancing themselves from drag performers and female impersonators and male impersonators and etc. as a way of seeming normal. Like who the fuck wants to be normal? Normal is boring. Normal is generic. Normal is vanilla. Normal is white bread. And while like- we all do enjoy a slice of white bread from now and then, it's not a healthy diet. Like mm-hmm. you can't sit there and eat white bread for every meal. It's okay as a snack. And I've had many, many a white bread snack, but Yeah, it's the way that they treated us back then was just ridiculous. Trying to conform, trying to fit in. Like, who wants to fit in? Fitting in is boring. Be unique, be different. And I love that that's where the
0: world's kind of at now, where people are less afraid to be that, you know, that little bit more unique in the 60s, we saw female impersonation get a comedic edge as cross-dressing was seen in film and TV as either a punchline like in Some Like It's Hot or something unsettling like in Hitchcock's Psycho when a deranged man dresses as his mother to murder his victims.
2: Yeah. Who crazy. hasn't done that?
0: I mean, when your mum's as fabulous as, as mine is, I should dress as her more often. <laughs>
2: So funny story So <laughs> I had a I, don't know I had a going. blonde. <laughs> no, no, it's just the whole dressing as your mother thing. um So I had a blonde curly like Afro wig that I used to wear a lot in my early days of drag.
0: Circa and Kane. I
2: wore it for, n- like think of like Beyonce and Goldmember style Afro. Okay, right, that okay. big Afro, not like the tall like that one. <laughs>
0: Not this so one, this I one.
2: wore it one yeah, I wore it one night, and my mum was like, "You're stealing my look, and she sent me a photo of one of her glamour shots from the '80s when she had like over the top permed hair very, very loosely relate to Norman Bates from Psycho in the whole dressing like your mother, only because I unintentionally do so.
0: And how many people have you murdered?
2: Next question <laughs> okay no murdered (laughs) with this bum-ass pussy that's a different story um (laughs) all right (laughs) we'll save that story
0: for another time okay so there were still some drag acts that managed to break through the negativity to have successful mainstream careers like Australia's own Dame Edna Everidge, who first showed up in the 60s as a drag housewife who was having a great time. Well, she was in the fun. 60s. She was in the 60s. So she was having a great time poking fun at Australia's boring conservative suburbia, which wasn't always well-received. And it took Edna becoming a Dame before she was uh, really taken seriously and she won the people's hearts.
2: How the f- old is Barry Humphreys? Well... That's all, I, that's all I think of. When you say Dame Edna was in the 60s, I, Jesus Christ. I know. Like, I'm just picturing Dame Edna now. And, like, I can't picture Barry Humphreys as a young man, let alone a young mm. drag queen. I'm just picturing Dame Edna now back then. And I'm like,
0: that's But, I mean, Dame wow. Edna now still kind of looks like Dame Edna back then. But Barry, on the other hand, Barry's changed.
2: Looks like a train wreck. Um <laughs>
0: oh sorry Barry
2: oh no he's a transphobe so we don't care about him um Wait, what how did I not know this oh did you not know that Barry no. Humphreys was a massive transphobe educate um, me so, please. Like, he came out he came Barry Humphreys came out like a couple of years ago stating about how you know transgender people are not real people etc um that explains why well, I haven't seen it for a while cancelled for it yeah I got absolutely cancelled for it because people were just like how are you of all people denoting the fact that you know, trans people exist, and yeah, he he went on this huge, like, conservative tirade, and oh. essentially just ruined his career. For goodness' um, sakes,
0: Barry! All right, well, let's spend no so more time on, on Barry.
2: <laughs> well, just just very quickly, I mean, Dame Edna, Dame Edna is an iconic Australian character. She really is. Yeah. Like when you think of when you think of quintessential drag, especially coming from Australia, one of the very first ones you think of is Dame Edna.
0: I'm a good English boy, and I always think of Lily Savage. Do you know Lily Savage? I was
2: just going to say, <laughs> Lily. I do know Lily Savage. Yes. Um. Yeah, for you guys, Lily Savage, for us, Dame Edna. Mm-hmm. Like, for Dame Edna, you think of the purple brints, you think of the overtop glasses, and you think of hello, possums. Yeah. I can't do her voice. For you, English, you think of Lily Savage, the blonde hair, the extravagant gowns, the filthy, filthy humour. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I do know that British Lily Savage humor. had a filthy, filthy mouth. Oh, I love British humour. makes me think of, oh, my God, we're going to get to that, obviously, when you get to drag in the mainstream, when you get to fucking, like, Little Britain, etc. <laughs>
0: Problematic.
2: Well, is it, though? Ooh, um, we'll
0: get there. Stay tuned, people.
2: It, we will get there. Uh, but, yeah, so Dame Edna, obviously, launching this character in the 60s, which I did not know. Um, suburban Aussie housewife, loved by the, uh, actually, no, paul newman was his show the 80s or the 60s 70s 80s i just
0: i'm just enjoying paul the newman. fact that i'm too young to know
2: but also to your english so you wouldn't know who paul newman is but he had a lot of drag characters on his show as well where the male cast would dressed up as female characters for comedic laughs i think that was the 80s 60s dame edna camp back then not now
0: camp now she's cancelled so drag queens of the 60s wasn't from a- camp to cancelled <laughs> I love it <laughs> the drag queens of the 60s wasn't only at uh odds with mainstream society but also with each other as international uh, sorry Ooh. as internal conflicts and racial tensions also grew immortalized in the 1968 documentary the queen when a major drag beauty pageant passed oh. over african-american crystal La Beja, Sorry if I got that wrong. La Beja, for, yep. The Beja. No, for La Beja. The Caucasian blonde drag queen Harlow instead. La Beja stormed off the stage and passionately denounced the scene's perverse habit of rewarding white queens as the ex, at the expense, mm-hmm. sorry, of queens
2: of colour. Have you ever watched mm. The Queen?
0: No, but in my research of this, I, saw, I did see the clip and I'm like, I need to see this.
2: No, I highly recommend watching The Queen. So on top of The Queen. So The Queen is a predecessor to Paris's Burning, which we'll get to when we get to the 80s. But The Queen is an amazing, amazing, it's classed as a movie, but it's really a documentary about the lives of the drag scene and the ballroom scene more more or less, because a lot of drag culture is actually stemmed from the ballroom scene from the 60s and 70s and later on the 80s. So a lot of what you see as drag nowadays is actually originally from the black gays from the ballroom scene. But Crystal Lavaysia is a very, very, very well known, especially if you're a drag queen. If you don't know the history of the Lavaysias and the history of the drag ballroom scene, then typically you might be a eighteen year old white twink doing drag because you're history, kids. Exactly, like you should be researching. Like the queen, the two, the two movies that I would one hundred or documentaries and movies that I would highly recommend every upcoming queen or any anyone in general watching are the Queen and Paris is Burning because they give a huge insight into the art form of drag and where it's not where it started, but where it started to gain its traction and into what it is these days. But the Queen and Crystal of will forever be iconic because exactly that, like that was the start of when black queens especially used to get not undermined but more or less overlooked the pretty blonde white queens like as a as a pretty blonde white queen myself I can understand my privilege in the fact that society will always deem a pretty blonde white queen as the be all and end all Mm
1: -hmm. like
2: am I amazing in the craft of what I do no yes I'm a I'm humble in the fact I'm a humble (laughs) and thank you um I'm humble in the fact that I know that I'm not the best in my craft. I know that there are others that are 10 times better than I am. And I especially know that there are queens of colour that are 10 times better than what I am. But society will always deem queens of colour as less than at this point in time. And it was even worse back then with things like the Queen and Crystal Asia, because they just dise- they just deemed that black queens were just there. Like we stole, like, and I'll say the word stole, mm-hmm. We stole a lot of our current lexicon and current mannerisms in drag from the Black boring scene, and it's never been acknowledged and never been reprimanded, and it will forever be a tarnish on the drag community, is the fact that we never appreciated or supported or enhanced the Black queens, and to this day they're still fighting for equal opportunity and equal representation in mainstream media it's an
0: interesting one when you talk look at me
2: getting all deep there
0: i know like not the kind of deep i'm used to you talking about
2: well if we're talking about that sort of deep we could talk about my (laughs) stairwell incident the other night um stop it
0: but like actually stop it because we've got a lot of stuff to cover (laughs) yes sorry (laughs) um no it's really interesting this is story. what happens when you have me on the show I know I get this off is on why... the engines
2: and I start talking about random shit
0: this is why when we went to dinner with Amy Benny was like expecting me home in like an hour or two and we were gone for like six weeks
2: we were we were one of the first tables there and we were on the last leave we love a chat Ooh, I love a chat I, love a I know chat. you love a chat as well but like I I when I start talking about things, I get sidetracked. And I start going up on tangents. Like, I'm sorry. This this episode is probably going to be an eight-parter. And I apologise <laughs> for nothing. Uh, I apologise for nothing. Nothing. So, uh, yes,
0: while we were being serious about the Queens of Colour, it, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it's a narrative that doesn't just exist in the drag queen world it's a narrative when it comes to people of color that exists throughout everything like it's it's in everything there's there's so many things that we've taken from people of color and don't especially acknowledge. especially in the queer
2: community the queer community is in reality the worst like we fetishize mm-hmm. POCs um like we've all we've all watched BBC porn Like, we fetishize POCs. Just for the people who don't know what
0: BBC porn is.
2: Big black cock.
0: Mm -hmm. I hear you, Karen. (laughs) Karen in Midwest America, we know what you're up to.
2: We all love a bit of big black cock, especially my porn. Um, No, but that's what I mean. Like, we all fetishize POCs. We all appreciate POCs for their contribution to society. But typically, it's actually, do you know what? One of the best things I've ever seen, and it's really sad that this is what I'm referencing, but one of the best things I've ever seen in a way of expressing the whole white society taking from black society is the movie Bring It On.
0: 100%. Yes.
2: That is, like, there's no, no other.
0: Black. It literally the, just calls it out
2: as it is. The East Compton Clovers have been doing amazing things for years, but the Rancho Cane Toros, so the East Compton Clovers are a full African American team. And the East and the Ranchakari forers are usually a typically white, mostly blonde team stealing most of their routines and presenting them as their own. So therefore they're always celebrating being like, oh, you're innovative, you're unique, you're different. And the East Compton Clovers never get a look and being like, oh, we've seen it. Like you're not you, you're not unique, you're not different, you're not anything like that.
0: Yeah, Exactly the same goes in our our,
2: Exact same thing happens in our drag scene And even from back then Is the pretty white queens Will be celebrated for doing Exactly the same if not less than Their even more talented Black sisters Because Again society still deems Being pretty and white and generally Blonde as more Of a appealing Quality than being a person of colour
0: So guys, as Miss Maya Crephone mentioned earlier on, she is a two-part kind of gal. And it was also right around this time when we were recording, we ran into a bit of a technical issue and by the time we got it fixed, the wines had certainly kicked in and things went downhill pretty quickly for the both of us. Uh, The upside to that though is we now have a whole bunch of ridiculously fun content to share as bonus content with you guys uh, in the future. Um, But there is still more to come on the history of drag. That's a wrap on part one. Tune in next time as Maya and I move on from the 80s and into a more modern era for drag artists into, you know, the drag that we know and love today. There is still so much more to come on this really, really interesting topic and so much more fun to be had with Miss Maya So until the next episode, stay safe, look after yourselves, and you guessed it, we'll see you next time.